Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I'm, of course, Alex, your host, and today I want to introduce you to an alternative to mutual funds called Exchange Traded Funds. So stick around. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host. All right, everyone. So last week, we talked about mutual funds and some of their pros and cons. This week, we're going to cover exchange-traded funds, also known as ETFs. ETFs were created to improve on some of the shortcomings that are present in a lot of mutual funds and to do it more efficiently and to do it more cheaply than mutual funds. So what are ETFs? Well, exchange-traded funds are investment funds that pool together money from many investors to invest in a basket of securities, which can include stocks, bonds, commodities, etc. Now, does that definition sound a little familiar to you? If you listen to last week's episode, then it should. ETFs and mutual funds, at their core, do the same thing, but with one key difference. Now, if you remember from last week, when you buy or sell shares in a mutual fund, you are trading directly with the mutual fund. Every time you buy shares, you are giving your money to the fund in exchange for shares. When you sell your shares, the fund is giving you cash equal to the value of shares that you are giving back to them. What makes exchange-traded funds different is in the name, These funds are exchange-traded, as in, they trade on an exchange. What this means is that you purchase these shares on the same stock exchanges that you do individual stocks. And when you trade these, you are buying these shares from other investors or dealers instead of the mutual fund company itself. Now, this method of trading does give ETFs several advantages and disadvantages over mutual funds. So let's go ahead and start with the good, and then we'll talk about the bad. So the first advantage of an ETF over a mutual fund is that you can trade these during the day. So since these shares are traded on an exchange, exchange traded funds, you can buy and sell as much as you want as long as the markets are open. Remember that mutual funds only trade once per day, and that's at the end of the day after the markets close. So with that improvement alone, you get rid of that liquidity risk in that you do a trade early in the morning and you're buying more shares or less shares throughout the day just because a price change happened before your transaction happened. So let's go ahead and move on to the second thing. ETFs generally have lower expense ratios than similar mutual funds because when you buy shares of a mutual fund directly from the mutual fund company, that company must then manage tons of paperwork to record who you are and where you live so that they can send you all your shareholder documents. When you buy shares of an ETF, you do so through your brokerage account. So all the record-keeping duties is done and paid for by your brokerage. So less paperwork and less work in general means ETFs can get away with charging you less because they're doing less. The next advantage is that there is a greater transparency in what you own, and that's because regulations require ETFs to report their assets, which means their portfolio, which assets they hold, and they have to report those more often than mutual funds. So that means that mutual funds can make a trade and then wait a month, two months, whatever, to tell you, but ETFs have to tell you quicker. And because of that, you can stay better in control of your asset because you're told 
more often what it is that you own with your shares. The next one we're going to cover is that there is a much greater tax efficiency in ETFs. Now, this part, I've seen entire articles that are thousands of words long that explain this, and it can get kind of complicated. So I'm just going to breeze over it, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and post a link in the description for an article that if you're curious to know the specifics of how they're better with taxes, you can go ahead and check that out. So that is going to be in the description below. But for now, let's just leave it at there's a much better tax efficiency with the ETFs over mutual funds. And the last thing we're going to cover on my list, I wanted it last on purpose. So while these are examples of some good things you can do with these ETFs over mutual funds, please note that I do not personally recommend doing this. So because ETFs trade on a stock exchange and you are not transacting directly with the mutual fund company, you can do more things with your shares, including writing options, being able to short the ETFs, which if you listen to the Elon Musk episode, you'll know a lot more about what shorting is, and you can buy them on margin, which means you can borrow money from your brokerage to purchase more shares. So now that we've covered the pros and we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about some of the cons, because I'm not just going to tell you all the good stuff and leave off all the bad. So let's go ahead and go over some weaknesses in choosing ETFs over a mutual fund. So the first thing we're going to talk about is that your broker can charge commissions on your trades. Luckily, most of the big brokerages in America have drastically cut or no longer charge commissions on normal buy and sell transactions. However, I do have some audience members from the international community, and it's pretty diverse. I'm happy you guys are here, happy y'all getting some good stuff out of the show. But because I have this international audience, I wanted to be sure that I mentioned the commission charges because not all brokerages will have drastically reduced or no commissions. The next weakness we're going to cover is that you could potentially have to pay extra for shares because you need to start covering dealer spreads. So what is that? Well, when you trade on stock exchanges, you are typically buying from dealers that hold quote-unquote inventories of stock. Now, stock market dealers are exactly like what you'd think if you think of a dealer. They're simply companies that do sales. Their inventory, instead of being smoothies or any other kind of inventory that they'd sell, their inventory are shares of stock. Now, because they're dealers, they do buying and selling. Sometimes they build up their inventory. Sometimes they sell it down. It just depends on the market. So these dealers offer a bid price and an ask price. And those prices change just about every instant, it seems like, while the markets are open. Now, the bid price and the ask price are simply the amount that they'd spend to buy the stock versus at what price they'd sell the stock. So since you're buying from them, typically you need to cover what's known as the bid-ask spread, which is the difference between their bid price and the ask price. Essentially, you're paying a premium so that the dealers can make money on the transaction. Now, for smaller investors, this doesn't really matter because what we're talking about here is maybe two or three cents per share on a really popular stock like Walmart or something like the S&P 500, or maybe like a dime for something on the, let's say, less popular shares of stock. So it's not big, but I did want to mention it. The next con is that you have to deal with premiums and discounts on ETFs. Now, since you are buying and selling shares in the open market, you need to be able to deal with price fluctuations. What makes stock prices go up or down is supply and demand. How many people are buying shares versus how many people are selling shares. Because ETFs trade on the open market, the share price can detach from its true value of the shares it represents, which can result in either a premium or a discount. So if a share of an ETF 
represents ownership in $100 worth of assets, stocks, bonds, commodities, whatever. If that one share represents $100 in an underlying asset, that price might actually be somewhere between $95 per share and $105 per share. Because if more people are buying than are selling the stock, the forces of the market will force the price to go up, even if the value of the shares that the ETF represents does not change in value. Just because the ETF and all the assets it owns is $100 per share doesn't mean you'll pay $100. Because it trades on the open market and you're not purchasing directly from the mutual fund, you might overpay or underpay for the stocks that that ETF represents. With mutual funds, since they trade outside of the market and they trade explicitly for what their underlying share price is worth, which is known as the net asset value, you'll see that as NAV on a site like Yahoo Finance or CNBC. Since you trade with them directly, you don't have to deal with that. With an ETF, it's the trade-off. Since you have the ability to buy while the markets are open, you now have to deal with a potential premium or discount where you can overpay or underpay. So it all depends, and it's something you need to look at when you're making these trades. Now, the last con I'm going to cover is liquidity. Because with a mutual fund, when you sell back your shares to the mutual fund, they basically have to do that for you. So when you want to sell the shares, you can instantly turn those shares into cash. Of course, waiting for the end of the day when the shares actually trade. Since ETFs are traded on a stock exchange, for every person buying shares, there has to be someone else selling the shares, whether an individual or a dealer. It is possible that there is going to be a situation where you buy shares in a, let's say, not-so-popular ETF, an ETF that doesn't trade as often as others, and you could be put potentially in a spot where you either can't sell your shares or you have to sell at a much lower price than you'd like to. And that's simply because there's not enough people that are going to be wanting to buy your shares at the time you want to sell. Luckily, this risk is one of the easiest ones on this list to mitigate. As long as you're sticking to the bigger ETFs, you know, higher volatility, more popular, more shares outstanding, been around longer, as long as you're sticking to those, this shouldn't be a problem. But if you start going to some of these crazy niche ETFs, that's where you can run into this. So now we've covered mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, as well as the various pros and cons of choosing between them. You should hopefully now feel much more comfortable not only to be investing in them, but to be confident in choosing which path is right for you. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close out the episode. As you guys might have heard, I interviewed Jeff Porter last week, and I got to tell you, we have some fantastic material for you next week. And I am also in the process of actually remaking my first episode. I recently went back and listened to it just to see how far the show has progressed since episode one. And quite frankly, I'm shocked you guys are still here and still listening. So thank you so much for sticking with me. I'm proud that I'm giving y'all some value and I'm happy you're still here. If you have feedback for the show or if you have something you'd like to say to people, for people who are maybe browsing on iTunes or Spotify or any of those other spots, please consider leaving a review. Reviews really help people find the show. It helps the algorithm suggest it to more people. And it would really be fantastic for me to see what you guys are thinking about the show. So to help improve the show, I'm also going to be remaking several of my earlier episodes that sound a little bit rougher so that people who listen to the show or who come to see it for the first time that haven't been around since the beginning like you lovely ladies and gentlemen can listen to the show from the beginning 
and get some quality audio lessons on finance, no matter which episode they choose to listen to. So be on the lookout for that interview with Jeff Porter. Be on the lookout for those new episodes. Be sure to send me an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or suggestions for future episodes. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.